Welcome to Financial Education for the Nation. The sun is shining. We're in the midst of summer. Um, I'm feeling really upbeat and happy about things. And I'm here with the delightful Paul today. How are you, Paul? I am great. Thanks, Warren. Yeah, enjoying the sunshine as well. It's lovely out there. I think it just gives a different spin on life, doesn't it? When you wake up and it's light, which is a a good start, um, you go out. I went for a walk this morning in a T-shirt and shorts, which was fantastic. Uh, My dog was going crazy. Um, And you go to come home from work and there's still lots of evening left to do things. You're so much more productive. Um, And I love the UK in the summer. I don't think there's a country in the world that beats it. The temperature is just right so you can sit out and enjoy the sun without sort of getting burnt to a crisp. Um, and you've got all the great amenities like 99p ice creams. Yeah, so the, uh, the summer is our inspiration today because for, for, I guess, for, for the older of us listening and taking part, I guess, we, we remember 99p flakes very, very well. They were, they were a staple of our childhood. You and you had a bit of a shock this year when you, when you went to buy one. Well, I, I literally, yes, I came back from Woolacombe in Devon. I uh, had a fantastic time, an amazing place. Uh, the kids were out in the sea surfing. My wife and I there sat there enjoying it. I went with my parents. And uh, my dad's 94. So he's, he's, he's the mature um, uh, generation. And I said, come on, let's get a 99p. And I gave my daughter... A five pound note and said, get two for Nan and Grandad. Okay. She come running out. She said, Dad, Dad, they're three pounds each. What do you mean? They're 99p ice creams. How can they be three pounds each? I appreciate they weren't 99p, but there's no way I would think they were more than two pound fifty an ice cream. Now, my wife does sometimes say I live in the dark ages, but I don't know. I didn't think it would be. But it's three pounds for a 99p ice cream. It got me thinking. So she bought the ice creams. We went back to the beach and we're sat there. And while everyone's enjoying their ice creams and whatever they're doing, I'm sat there thinking, how much should they be if we keep inflation into account? And this is how my brain works, because I enjoy it. I love what I do. This isn't put on. Um, so I'm sat there Why they're all munching on their different foods. And I'm mentally calculating, thinking, do you know what? Actually, it's probably about £3.50. Yeah, about three pounds. So it's probably not that far wrong because what we've got is inflation. And inflation, I believe, is the silent killer that everyone ignores when they're looking at their finances. And I really do mean this. It's almost like, dare I say it, the sugar in diets, sugar and salt in our diet. You know, a little bit is okay. A little bit of inflation is okay. But over time, compounded in our nutrition and our diet or compounding in our finances inflation is a real killer i think it was warren buffett who quoted something of the lines of if you had money on deposit earning three percent and you were taxed a hundred percent on that money so you got no interest you would go crazy and you would kick off and you wouldn't use it you wouldn't put money on deposit and you would invest the money But what we ignore is money on deposit earning 3% and inflation running at 3%, you're getting no interest on that money. No no real interest. Anyway, the inflation is purely eroding all that money. And we've ignored any potential taxation or potential growth on that money. 
So inflation is the change in prices over time. Things go up over time, so the change in prices over time. So um, I thought this would be a good, good topic for us to sort of bounce around and discuss. Yeah, I think it's great. I think for, for me, I remember 99Ps as well. And when you told me, I, I, was, I was shocked. I guess for any younger viewers, the equivalent is something like Space Raiders or Fredo Chocolates often quoted as well of, of having shot up in price over recent years. And kind right? of some of the younger people I know uh, uh, say similar about that. So that, that's a rough equivalent, I'd say. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it's fascinating because we, we, because it's not in our face, because it's not explicit, we ignore it. Um, but when I'm putting a portfolio together, that's my benchmark. You know, I, I can benchmark against the FTSE or the World Index and that kind of thing. But really what I'm trying to do is beat inflation for you. And if I can beat inflation after taxes and fees, then I think we're on the, onto a winner. Then we start looking at real capital pre- capital appreciation and growth but let, let me show let me show you the graph to just to prove to you um what i was um uh explaining about the price of um the 99p ice cream okay so what you can see on the screen now is a chart from february 1987 which is the earliest date i could get all the way through to the present day of UK retail price index, or as most of us would know, is RPI. Now, that is a measure of inflation. That's how we measure inflation in the UK. There are actually two ways we can measure inflation in the UK, and this is one of them. This is the more traditional way, and it's the one that I try to use or like to use with my clients. And it goes from one pound, the software wouldn't allow me to put in 99p, it has to be a round number. So I put in one pound, and you can see it's steadily increasing. There's a little blip there in 2008 during the financial crisis, um, but steadily increasing. That's almost like a 45 degree angle. Um, and today you can see down at the bottom corner here, you can see it's actually around about £2.89 or £2.90. So £3, yeah, the guy wasn't too far out about just keeping his prices in line with inflation. Um, so I, I kind of felt a little bit bad thinking, wow, that's an expensive, you know, <laughs> beachfront 99p shot. Whereas in reality is just a 99p that's goes for 87. So 87 is how many years ago now? 32. Okay. 32 years. I'm 45. So that's a, makes me about 13. Yeah. 13 years old. Okay, so 13 years old, I was probably munching on at least a 99p a day, 99 ice cream a day when I was on holiday. Um, I used to go to a place called Swanage, which I used to love. Um, and yeah, so, but then it got me thinking. There are so many people who leave their money on deposit thinking they are investing or, or saving. And just, just clarify, money on deposit, you mean in a, in a savings account in a bank? Exactly that. Whether you're using one of the high street banks or bill societies that are left, or whether you're using one of the online institutions, or whether even using national savings and investments. Um, if you've got your money on there, it's being affected by inflation. And this is inflation. This is the erosion of your money. Um, you know, a pound today is not worth a pound tomorrow. Um, let me sort of jump ahead and just show you the inflation figures historically. So these are the inflation figures. These are RPI figures historically. So at the bottom here, you can see 
2018. We're not through 2019 yet, so obviously we don't have it, but you got 3.3%. So a pound today is worth 3.3% less than it was last year. In 2017, it was 3.6. So a pound today is worth, this is roughly, three point, uh, sorry, 6.9% than it was, was on January 1st, 2017. It, it makes a big difference, guys. It makes a big difference. You can see the blip here um, in 2008-2009 during the financial crisis when it went to a negative figure. But the message I really want to drum home and make sure you guys are understanding is if your money is on deposit, it is not growing. It is not growing. And let me show you that in a graph format. If I click on here, this is something I prepared earlier. Okay. Now, what you've got on the chart here is... A, the blue line you can see is the retail prices index. That's RPI. And that goes back from 1999 through to the present day. Okay. And then the line B, which is kind of like a pinky color line, the second one, is an, um, an index for a 90-day notice account with £10,000 more in it. So it's a deposit account, a savings account, a bank account. Just gives you an indication of how that's going to have performed. Um, you can see you would have significantly underperformed the two there. You know, inflation's gone up 75% over that time. The deposit account's only gone up 50% over that time. So your money would be worth half as much if you'd have left it on deposit than it would have been at the beginning of the time period. What's interesting as well is that, that the, the difference is growing and quite substantially over the last few years. The, the lines are becoming more divergent. In, in, I guess you can probably remember, Paul, that when we put money on deposit, we used to get 4 or 5%. Can you remember that? Pre-financial yeah, crisis. Yeah. Yeah? So pre-financial crisis. I, my dad's American. So I, used to have, I have lots of family come over from the States. And I used to see them look in awe that, oh, my God, I can get 5% on deposit with Bradford and Bingley or Northern <laughs> Rock or whoever it might have been. So they were often big interest rate deposit. So when you're getting 5% guaranteed from the bank and inflation's running at say 2 or 3%, well, that's fine. You're netting 2%. You're in the money. But what are we getting at the moment? Best rates on deposit. One and a half, two 2%. If you really look around, I guess, I'd say nearer like one and a half to 2%. Inflation's running at 3.3. It's a negative return. It's a negative real return. And that's why Having money on deposit is not saving. It is not investing. It is purely an emergency reserve. Banks have their place. It's a holding account for emergencies or short-term purchases. And that's about it. Anything else really does need to be invested into the markets. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then the third line on there, C, is the consumer price index. Now, this is the index that the uh, government has preferred to use over retail prices index. Um, there's a lot of speculation and um, theories about why they've sort of changed. Um, I prefer to stick with RPI. RPI is a broader index, in my opinion. It includes housing costs. Now, if you look at your own um, outgoings, for most of us, our biggest outgoing is our housing costs. So I think it's fair and reasonable to assume an RPI figure if our outgoings are predominantly housing costs, which RPI includes. CPI excludes that. 
Um, but even so, CPI is a consistent return. And if I flick you onto the table for CPI figures, same thing, you can see it's slightly lower. Okay, runs typically about 1% lower. And there's speculation around that because obviously um, pensions and things now can be linked to CPI. So it's reducing the increase in payment in retirement for um, a lot of pensions. So, you know, whatever the, whatever the theory is, I'm not here to speculate on things. My, my message for you is that whether it's RPI or CPI or whatever, let's just use the word inflation makes things simple and clean and inflation is the increase in the cost of goods over time and if you have your money on deposit you're not going to get anywhere near that so you know the, the question is what do we do then what do, what do we do with our money and that means we have to invest it we have to get it into the market so we're getting some kind of return on it and then the chart you can see now on the screen in Apologies, if you listen to this on iTunes or um, your podcast listening service, um, we will put the, the charts in the notes. You can refer to them, um, but also go across to our YouTube channel where obviously you know, we're, we're doing this on display so you can see the charts. Um, the chart you can see on the screen now keeps on there the two inflation figures. It keeps on there a Bank of England deposit rate. So I've switched the rates from the MoneyFax um, 90-day account to a a Bank of England deposit account, purely to give you a bit more history. I'm trying to give you a bit more data, that's all. Um, and then I've added on there the FTSE 100, purely as an index that you'll be familiar with. I'm not trying to say that's the right investment for you to choose. It's purely to say, oh, okay, that's an index I understand because I see it on the news at 10 at night. Um, big difference on there though, right, Paul? Yeah, huge difference. Yeah, really, really large. So if my parents had taken that one pound and invested it into a FTSE 100 tracker fund back in 1988, uh, when I'd have been about 11 uh, or so, uh, 15, um, they would have had roughly 14 pounds today rather than a slightly fatter son. <laughs> Maybe there's a correlation there. Maybe that one pound invested in the stock market is worth 14 pounds in sterling Whereas the one pound invested in a 99 ice cream is worth 14 pounds of fat on the scales. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But, um, but, hey, <laughs> but it's true. It's just like we, we, we really need to look at this and appreciate, wow, this isn't rocket science, guys. What we've done is we've put one pound of money at work into the financial markets. We've not played around with it. We've not timed the markets. We've, invested and forgotten about it and we've allowed it to go up into the 2000s when we had the dot-com crisis all remember 31st of december 1999 we thought all the cash machines were going to stop working all our computers were going to stop working everything else but what it did is it peaked into a top of a technology bubble really that's really what was happening and for the next few years down into 2002 2003 we saw all the likes of Yahoo and all those technology companies blow up basically um, until the market stabilized at a fair price and then recovered. Um, and then we ran up into 2007, 2008, and which was more uh, closer to our memories than the financial crisis. A lot of us remember that very clearly. Um, and that came down. The recovery after the financial crisis was a lot quicker because we had quantitative easing. So that was basically where the governments bought investments. 
pump money into the system. Uh, and we've seen the economy, we've seen the stock market, let me be clear on that. We've seen the stock market recover clearly and strongly since then, way above um, the highs prior to the financial crisis. Um, and hey, it's not a straight line. And that's why most, that's why a lot of people avoid it. Because as human beings, one of our psychology traits, one of our human natures is we like certainty. You know, we, 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 we drive along a road with another car coming at us the opposite end because we're sure that they're going to stay on the other side. If we had doubts that they weren't going to stay on their own side, we wouldn't drive along that side of the road. We like certainty in our psychology. Um, and the stock market can scare some people out of investing um, because it goes up and down, up and down. It, it's not a straight line. Um, in the short term, it's very volatile. In the long term, it's fairly predictable. When you, when you stretch out that line over pretty prolonged periods of time, all those little bit blips um, smooth out. Um, it, there's one more chart I was going to show um, here. And, and this one just shows a little, it, it's a little bit busier, but it just shows a little bit more um, on there. And again, the date ranges change because of the data that I have available on the charting software. It's not stuff that I've um, chosen specifically. I've gone back to the start of data. But you can see on there, um, inflation, you know, um, right down the bottom with deposit accounts. So C is RPI, D is the money facts deposit account and E is CPI, they're right down at the bottom. Um, if you're in deposit accounts, you're, you're being beaten by inflation, hands down. The FTSE's beating that. But what's beating all of it is a nicely well-diversified portfolio of index funds. Um, and this goes back to, let's make sure that we can um, invest our money uh, for the long term. I'll stop sharing, I'll come back to you now. Let's invest our money for the long term um, and use deposit accounts and savings accounts purely as a means of emergency reserves, money that we need to lay our hands on for an emergency. So that's typically three to six months of our expenditure. Some people go to 12, but typically three to six months. And any short-term um, committed expenditure. So if we know we're going to uh, move house, if we know we're going to replace our car, do our kitchen, something like that, um, in the next five years, I would typically say, then we would keep that on deposit as well. Everything else needs to be invested in the stock market with as much risk as you can both tolerate personally. If the markets decline, you're not going to freak out and worry, but also as much risk as you can withstand financially. So as you approach retirement, we become more and more cautious uh, with our money, not completely safe because we want to make sure we remain invested. Because as we said before we come on air, when we retire at 65 you know i was on holiday with my dad he's in his 90s um you know if he'd have put all his money on deposit and not invested any of his money inflation would have ruined um any savings that he might have had i think it's an interesting point because we hear about this comparison it, it's come up most commonly with wage growth and for a long long time since the financial crash i think it's only very recently relatively that wage growth has started to outstrip inflation again. So in real terms, people are actually earning more money, but it's very easy to ignore it when it comes to savings because it's real easy just to put, put whatever money we have in, a, in an account and 
oh, the, the, the rate's pretty rubbish, but whatever, and, and just leave it there. But like you say, we don't really think typically, I don't think, that actually that's, that's costing us money. We're, that money relatively is worth less than it was. I also think it's um, ease and simplicity. I can yeah. walk into a high street bank and I can walk into a, uh, um, a film society, open an account, relatively easy don't, don't get me wrong it's not easy the amount of id you need these days and stuff like that it's not easy but it's a lot easier than investing so you know where do you go where do you look you know what do you do it, 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 it's it's trickier so I, I i respect it i understand it um i'm not taking that away that's why i built lexo so lexo is my online investment platform for people to access these portfolios um, it's lexo.co.uk. We have on there 10 portfolios risk rated from the highest risk portfolio, which is a hundred percent stock market right down to the lowest risk portfolio. Um, and people can invest by that. It's an easy, straightforward, we have some great reviews on it. Um, and people are happy on the way it works. It's straightforward, but it's different. You know, you've got to go on there. You've got to make some decisions. Whereas you go into a bank account, you say, oh, can I put this into a bank? You go on there, you've got to ask, you know, do you want a, a general account? Do you want an ISA? Do you want a pension? Uh, which portfolio do you want? I've got 10 to choose from. I appreciate sometimes people just want to say, what should I do with this money? Just tell me. <laughs> but unfortunately, the regulator won't allow us to do that. It, you know, if it's an advice process, we've got to do the whole fact finding anything else. If it's a, an execution site like Lexo is, you've got to be offered a selection. You know, there's a, a, a risk profiling system in there and it gives you a guide, but you've got to make the call. Um, and the, the thing I would say is make your decision on risk based on how you feel when the market retraces 50%. So when the market comes down 50%, how are you going to feel? So if you're a hundred percent stock market and the market retraces 50%, your money invested, let's say you've got 10,000 pounds is going to go down to 5,000 pounds. How do you feel? If that makes you freak out and really worry internally, you've got those butterflies in your tummy when I said that. 100% stock market is too much for you. So therefore, you start diluting it. And you maybe say, well, okay, well, if I went to 50% stock market, that means if the stock market retraced 50%, I'm only half exposed. So my portfolio will come down 25%. So my 10,000 pounds will come down to say seven and a half. How do I feel? Okay, that feels a little bit more, I'm not going to like it. No one likes it but a bit manageable. And if that's a bit more manageable, then that's where you start to learn the experience. But what I would say is don't change it based on your investment experience. Change it on how you feel because we're physical beings run by our emotions, remember? Okay. And at the moment, we've had a tremendous run in the stock market. One day that will come to a change. You know, it will, the markets will pull back. It's inevitable. It's too late to decide then because the markets pull back. You need to decide now. But don't decide on it. Think it's always going to go up in a straight line. It will go up and it will trace back. It will go up and it will trace back. But the overall long-term trend is up. The more time you have, the more you can withstand, the more risk you can take. Um, and I think we mentioned last time or week time before, um, there's a basic rule of thumb that you can start guiding your thoughts with um, 100 minus your age. So when you're in your 20s, you could maybe take about 80% in the stock market. But when you're in your 80s, you still want about 20% in your stock market because you've still got time ahead of you. You still need to 
beat inflation. And this is what it's all about, beating inflation. So even when you're in your retirement, it's really important that you make sure that you're working on beating inflation. Because although you may feel that oh, in my last chapter of my life, sometimes the last chapter is a long chapter. Um, and my, my dad in his 90s, you know, he struggles to get around, but he still gets around. He still walks and goes down to the beach and stuff like that. So he's got a few more years in him. So he makes sure that you're planning for those years so that you can pay for your 99p ice creams, three-pound ice creams. They should change it, shouldn't they? Your three-pound ice creams, or maybe it's your care fees or something you need to plan for. All right, good stuff. Thank you. I'm, I'm dreading the day it costs a fiver to get one of those ice creams as well. Hey, it's gonna, but if your money's in the market, remember that money, that would be nearly £14 today. So you know, you're, you're, you're beating it. Your quid's in. You're, you're on the upside. You're winning. So. <laughs> Hey, hope you've enjoyed today. Hope you've enjoyed listening to it. If you've been listening on iTunes, apologies. There's lots of talk or reference the charts. I'll put it into the show notes. But again, go across to the, our YouTube channel, which is Warren Shoot, and um, you can see the video on there. And um, as always, please sign up for our weekly update called The Money Planner. It comes out every Friday. gives you a summary of everything we've spoken about, and you'll hear this and when we're featured and such like in the press and on the TV and the radio. Um, and if you are in London on the 31st of July, please come along to the Bloomsbury um, Hotel. Uh, I think it's the Holiday in Bloomsbury uh, in London. The details are on my site where I'll be doing a special presentation. There's some special discounts codes coming out for everyone uh, who comes along from the Warren Street side. So that'd be great. Have a great weekend, guys. You enjoy the sun, Paul. Enjoy yourself. Got anything, Thank you. Got anything, got anything special planned? Uh, no, a bit of a lazy weekend, I think. Just enjoying the weather. Beautiful. Enjoy it. You take care. See you.